Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Hey, loves. Welcome to another episode of Vinyasa in Verse. How are you on this beautiful day? I hope wherever you are that you are going to take some time to just breathe, enjoy the beauty in that breath, or to maybe look around you and to really see what's around you. And in that looking, in that seeing, perhaps you catch a glimpse of beauty. And so today, I want to try a little something different to the opening of this episode. I'm going to look at some tarot cards, which I'm very excited about. This is my favorite deck. It's called Wild Messengers, and it is uh, a deck that was created by my mentor, Lola Pickett. And um, what I love about it is uh, it's animal messengers that are coming through rather than the the traditional um, suits of cups and pentacles, swords, and... Um, I'm forgetting the fourth one now, but, uh, but yeah, so we've got the elements instead as well as animals. So as I shuffle the deck, what I'd like to set forth as, um, a kind of intention for this episode is a card maybe perhaps that can guide us through some of the, uh, topics that are floating around in my head, which one will come forward. Uh, of course, we will turn to the Hafez poem as usual, but today I just wanted to start off with something new. And so I will draw a deck here, I mean a deck, a card from the deck based on what feels like it wants to come forth. Just scanning the deck. I know it's probably really funny to try to do this on a podcast. You can't see my hand moving over the cards, but they are, they're there. And so here is, oh, we've got a great card here. This is Journey, it says. So it's one of the, one of the major ones. Um, we'll go with number seven. I can find number seven in the book here. Uh, it is the horse, which I think it's wild horse. Yeah. So what's great about this, um, this deck and the guidebook is that we start with an invocation. So the wild horse, which is beautifully, um, rendered by this artist by the name of Tanya Castile, has uh, a flowing mane of just this amazing blue. Um, it's times like these, I wish there was some video aspect to this podcast so you could see it, but it's just gorgeous. Um, I'll put it on my website so you guys can check it out. Uh, so this wild horse is represented uh, by Journey, the chariot, and the phase of alchemy is calcination. So here's the invocation. Wild horse, teach me to trust the vehicle of my life. It is time to surrender to forces beyond my control. 
May I release the reins and lean into the wind as you carry me to the destinations I desire. I step into my journey. Despite the possibility of transformation's power and speed becoming overwhelming, I trust myself and my strength to carry me through my circumstances. I will not sink. There are unknowable forces aligning my way, and all is well at the end of the day. Hmm. I love that. So it's about surrender. So I will read um, what the guidebook says about this particular card. You are harnessing your life as a vehicle. How does it feel to be in the driver's seat? Humans have partnered with horses for thousands of years to help us reach destinations faster and go farther than we were ever able to without their help. In modern times, we also partner with horses to come into alignment with our intuitive and emotional realms. When wild horse rears into a reading, it's a sign that you have the opportunity to utilize tools, technology, teamwork, and other forms of assistance to help you reach your goals. While it's true that we all have the same 24 hours in a day, those hours effectively multiply whenever you enroll support in creating your vision. This doesn't ask that you extend yourself beyond your means. Help doesn't necessarily have to cost you more than the time and energy it takes for you to ask for it. You can also get creative and discover ways to leverage yourself so that you are able to accomplish more by using the same amount or even less energy. In your work, this may indicate a time for implementing more efficient systems or enhancing your team. In your personal life, perhaps this is a time for reaching out and asking your partner, friends, or other family members to help you with the tasks at hand. What comes to mind right now is actually Thanksgiving. And for those that are cooking the Thanksgiving meal, perhaps ask for help rather than trying to do all of it. Anyway, that was just my aside. Okay, going back to the guidebook. The time it takes up front to ask or even train in regard to work environments, someone to do something is far more sustainable approach in the long term and creates a more efficient, smooth, sustainable, and scalable method for bringing your dreams to life. In some area of your life, you're making progress. Forward motion is here. If you've been in a place of stuckness, uncertainty, or fighting other battles, consider Wild horse as a message that the time is swiftly approaching where you'll be swept up into momentum. Oh, so exciting. Journey is a card that can also ask you to consider your place in the world. Whether that means considering traveling, possibly to secure and establish an opportunity, or simply assessing the privileges you carry upon your shoulders. Partnering with wild horse to evaluate where you're at will lighten the load and help get you to your ultimate destiny. Watch for any tendencies to overly justify or second-guess your choices, a sure sign that your ego might be taking the upper hand. If it seems like you're being pulled in opposing directions and therefore going nowhere, consult your spiritual guides to be sure that your motivations are coming from a higher place, not your ego's fear or greed. Build your strength so you can ride this wave with grace and confidence. And so in this guidebook, um, the wild messenger also speaks. And this is why I love it so much. You've got an invocation, you've got a little commentary on the card itself, and now Wild Horse speaks. So this is what Wild Horse has to tell us. You don't need any special tools or tricks to ride me, only the confidence and courage to leap onto my back and use your body language to show me the way you wish to go. 
together we will go fast and far. If you've been waiting until your ducks are in a row before taking decisive action toward your dreams, I am a sign that you may be complicating the process, therefore sabotaging potential success. You don't need to know how to do everything yourself. Simplify the steps and tools needed, or bring on a team who already knows how to do the task at hand and can do so more efficiently than you can do it yourself. Do, he do you hesitate to ask for help because you've been burned in the past by making poor choices or you don't believe that others are as capable as you are? If so, then take heart and try again. Wisely consider, were there signs that the person or people you were relying on weren't the best match for you? Listen and learn from your experiences of being let down so you don't repeat the same mistakes. And so in listening to Wild Horse, um, one is to know that you are supported to drive your life in a new direction if that is where you feel you're being called. I know there are some folks who are feeling stuck, particularly with this pandemic situation. Um, and I noticed that restrictions are starting to tighten a little bit as uh, the cusp of a, a new second wave might be upon us if it's not already on us. Um, and so how can you create momentum in this idea of stuckness? How can you find ways to move forward with the help of some friends, you know, I just I just think of that Beatles song. Um, so yeah, so Wild Horse is really about taking a look at where we are now and assessing. Okay, here is where I am. Where do I want to go next? Where do I feel pulled to go? And to trust the intuition, to trust your inner knowing. I know that there are tendencies for us to get our ducks in a row, to make sure that we have all the information we need, to um, set up the right systems, to have all the knowledge before we move forward, before we do something. You know, so for example, like a writer might think that they're not good enough to write just yet in, in terms of like publishing, so they're gonna take you know, workshops and classes forever. And who knows when that person might actually be ready, quote unquote, ready. Why not just take the leap into it and learn as you're going? You know, and this is a this is something that I I try to teach my my own undergraduate students as well as my kids um, that it's not about perfection. It's not about getting everything all set up, all your ducks in a row, that it really is about gathering information through inspired action, through lived experience. You know, like how do you, how can someone solve a problem in their head when there's so many other different thoughts that are swirling in that brain of yours? It's, it's very hard to get any kind of clarity. So one way to do that is to put that problem outside of your body to verbalize it, to write it down, some way to get it outside of your body, outside of your head, and into the physical existence so that you can hear it back to yourself, that you can get some space around it, that you can look at it from different angles and possibly see solutions to the problem. When it's in your head, it's very, it's very small in there. It's not a lot of space, it's very crowded. When you 
empty it out on the outside of the body. There's plenty more space over here. And when there's space, there's infinite possibility and infinite ways of figuring out, okay, how do I look at this? Are there other ways I'm not seeing? And in seeing those other ways, is there a solution? You know, Einstein is famously known for saying that a problem cannot be solved with the same thinking that created the problem in the first place. So often our problems are created in our head, right? We, we create these stories in our head. We, we're just, you know, weaving tales of made up stuff. And do we really think we can solve the problem inside our head? I mean, our head is the one that made the problem. So by externalizing it, we might have a better shot of seeing possible solutions that we wouldn't see normally in our heads. So trust that you've got the solution in your head. You just need to get it out of the head. Um, so yeah, so that is, that's one way to, to start our episode, but I do want to turn to the Hafez piece. Perhaps he might come forth with a little more guidance on what we've talked about with Wild Horse. So let's see this roulette of poems here. Okay. Needing a mirror. Your eye is so wise. It keeps turning, turning, needing to touch beauty. It keeps turning, needing to find a mirror that will caress you as I. Hmm. Let me read that again. Needing a mirror. Your eye is so wise, it keeps turning and turning, needing to touch beauty. It keeps turning needing to find a mirror that will caress you as I. That play on I as in your eyeball and I as the pronoun is interesting as far as what is happening here in the poem where the eyeball, your eye is so wise, becomes connected with the I of the poem, the personal or the divine I, the first person pronoun. And thinking about this in relationship to our wild horse card, it really is about seeing. It's about seeing where we are now, looking at where our life is in this moment and wondering or asking where we want to be now and imagining what that looks like. And this poem is a great compliment because it is speaking to this human desire, this innate desire to touch beauty, to seek out beauty. And beauty is subjective, you know. Beauty can be the closed bud of a rose. It can be the brown leaves on an almost naked tree at the end of fall. It's what touches our human heart. What touches us? And I think that's what a lot of us look for in our lives. It's like, yeah, we can look around and we can say, hey, this is where I'm at. You know, I'm hanging out in my house. 
Uh, it's pandemic time, so I'm trying to be safe. Where do I want to go from here? Well, the obvious answer would be like, I want to go outside and hang out with my friends and not have to wear a mask and just, you know, interact and socialize like we used to. But beyond that, where do you want to be in your life? Who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What is your purpose in life? And I think that part of the answer might be in this poem, in this sort of, I guess, oracle poem written by Hafez. Because when we keep, he talks about it keeps turning. So the eye of the you keeps turning, needing to find a mirror. It's this seeking, right? It's this seeking, not just for beauty, but for self. We are seeking ourselves. We are seeking who we are at our very essence and what our life, our life's purpose is on this earth, you know, because it's like, well, if we don't have a purpose, then why are we here? I, you know, like, am I here just to work in an office to work on a computer? I, I don't think so. I think there's more to it. So we keep searching and sometimes the answer is in the mirror. Sometimes it's just a matter of like looking at ourselves deeply within ourselves to find the answer of what is our life's purpose? What is my soul calling for? Sometimes this question, well, I'll say a lot of the time, this question is not easy to answer. A lot of the time folks are just, you know, scrambling around trying to find it you know they go from place to place they go from course to course they seek out teachers they try different careers and I think what what happens in this in this seeking is that a lot of folks don't go within they just follow what their their ego wants you know or what what they think that they want without checking on the inside you know, so for example, I'll use myself as an example. You know, I um, I sign up for all the things, you know, because I love learning. I love learning so much. I love learning about all kinds of things. But, you know, we can use a hypothetical example. It doesn't even have to be me. It's just I can um, take a baking class. You know, at one point I thought maybe if I owned my own baking business, that would that would fulfill me. That would be my life's purpose. You know, I love to bake. Um, I buy all the things from um, Michael's, you know, I've got the, the offset spatula, I've got the um, cake plate uh, rotator thingy where it makes it easy to frost cakes. I've got all sorts of sizes of cupcake pans, muffin pans, whatever you want to call them, cake pans, um, <clears throat> different kinds of flour, all, all the things, right? Love to bake. And I thought to myself, well, if I love to bake, then maybe that's, maybe that's my calling. Maybe that's what um, I'm meant to do, you know? So I, I actually um, tried to start a little baking business on my own, uh, for my own kitchen. And uh, I did it for a few orders. And what I found was that, no, that's not, that's not what I'm meant to do. I mean, as far as like, selling my baked goods. I love to bake because I'm doing it 
for people I love. For me, it's a, a gesture of love. I mean, any kind of food, cooking, baking, anything that has to do with food. That is my love language. I know it's not one of the official love languages, you know, food, but for me, <laughs> that is that is my love language. I mean, if, if we're going to go by the five lo- love languages that Gary Chapman talks about, then mine my main one is acts of service. And so this is how I show love by making food for others. My, that's my service. Um, but I thought, you know, if I just make a business around it, it'll be easy. And I'll tell you, it was not easy. I felt stressed because I kept thinking, what if the cupcakes don't turn out right? Am I charging enough money? Am I undercharging? What if they turn out like garbage? I have to start over. Like all these questions of self-doubt. And I didn't like baking anymore at that point. I was like, all right, this, no, this is not, this is not it. This is not what I want to do. Um, and so I just was, I threw in the towel, <laughs> literally threw it in the sink and <laughs> I'm kidding. And, um, and found that out. But had I gone within, had I taken the time, this was before I, you know, was meditating regularly before I, um, became a, a yoga and meditation teacher before I was really deep in my spiritual journey. I mean, at this, at this point of this, this baking business idea, I had started my spiritual journey, but it wasn't as far deep as, as it is now. Um, but had I done some meditating, had I done some quiet time to go within, I might've known that my instincts were telling me that my intuition was telling me, no, 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 don't go into the baking business. Don't, you know, don't sell your baked goods because that's not, it's not the way to go. There's something else for you. And my inner knowing would guide me to where I am now, which is somebody who loves to teach, someone who loves to help people learn how to get quiet, how to understand their own inner knowing, how to heal from trauma, and how to really find and listen to that deep inner voice that's been covered by so many layers of conditioning and illusions um, and all these things that are false. And had I, had I done my work, my meditative work, we'll say, back then, you know, I might, I might be in a different place now. But I am not one who regrets. I believe in divine timing. And so, you know, that was the time for me to not figure out my life's purpose. But what I learned from that by doing, by taking inspired action, what I learned was that, no, the baking business is not for you. Now, had I tried, had I tried to figure that out in my head, uh, I don't think I would have gotten that definitive answer. I might have gotten the whole, well, I never really tried it, so I don't know maybe I still can open a baking business, you know? And like, who wants to live with that kind of maybe thing hovering over their head? That's exhausting. So it's better to take inspired action and get more information on which way to go next. Um, You know, one of my mentors has given this mantra that I love uh, which is there is only success success and information. There's no failure. This idea of failure is invented. 
Because what it is is that there's an expectation that you set up for yourself when you embark on whatever action you're taking. You set up an expectation. And when that expectation is not met, you create a sense, there's a sense of disappointment we experience, right? But it's also this sense of defeat. It's like, oh, I set this intention. I set this goal and I didn't accomplishment. I didn't, I didn't meet it. And so I must suck, you know? Um, and that's not, that's not useful because then you think, well, you know what? If you first, you don't succeed, try, try again is the motto. So I'm going to try again. And what happens is that we just try again and try again and try again using the same ways in which we tried the first few thousand times. Um, and so what if we used our results that did not meet our expectations simply as information so that we can make a better decision about what our next inspired action will be? It's all about gathering information so that we can know what the next right step will be for us. And that information helps to peel away these layers I was talking about that cover up our inner knowing. Because we've got the inner guidance, we've got the inner compass that shows us or guides us along the way of the path that we are meant to walk. But how can we hear that inner knowing if we've got all the garbage, you know, the, the mind, the ego stuff, the judgments, the labels, the strange meanings we give to information. So it's more useful for us to see our quote unquote failures as information, as lessons we can learn so that when we are ready to take the next step, we've got even more knowledge about making a smarter decision, something that will help us on our path. But it all comes down to checking in with ourselves, to getting quiet. And that's what meditation is all about. You know, I'm offering a, um, a free 40-day meditation class starting on Sunday, November 22nd. And um, I, I was inspired to offer this class because I kept hearing about how folks are stressed, how they're exhausted, how this whole pandemic existence has been really draining and trying for a lot of people. Um, and when, it, when I say pandemic existence, it's not just the virus, it's not just COVID, but it's also the social uprisings, the fight for uh, racial justice, the end to police brutality. <laughs> you like that little blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and the stress of, of the recent US elections, right? So everyone's been on the receiving end of a lot of wild energy. And for folks who don't have a grounding practice, it's very unsettling. It's also exhausting. You know, people are burnt out. And so I felt moved to offer a meditation class to help create a sense of elevation 
in energy, in, in vibration, um, to create connection because we're coming together as a class, as a community, and to help create joy. And that's the thing that I think is missing from a lot of people's lives. It's like, how do you find joy in all of this turmoil, in all of this unpredictable year? If you could see me, I'm like gesturing wildly with my arms. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so you know, people are, are like, oh man, the holidays are coming. This is going to be tough for various reasons, whether it's like loss of income because of the pandemic, um, not being able to see relatives you usually see because of pandemic or because of election results. Who knows? Um, it's just different this year. And a lot of people are struggling, I'm sensing, with this idea of finding joy in what's a season that we all celebrate with joy. Not all, most. I know there are some who have a hard time around the holidays and I want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge them. I know I see more people might be in that camp this year. And so I wanted to do my part because I feel called to help people in any way that I can. And so I'm offering this meditation uh, practice that will last 40 days starting November 22nd. It'll be the last 40 days of the year. So we end on December 31st. And what better way to close out this, this crazy, unpredictable year with some joy, with 40 days of creating moments of joy in your daily life. This meditation is 11 minutes. You know, if you're listening to this, you know, sign up. You have nothing to lose. It's free. It's going to bring you joy. And at the very least, if it doesn't bring you joy, at least it'll give you awareness information that here are a few things that might be preventing you from accessing that joy. And if you're not ready to receive that, then maybe we can start with the basics of meditation. Meditation is not what people in, you know, I guess I'll say the media make it out to be. I mean, it can be, can be that, that, you know, sitting on a cushion, sitting upright, all very still, nothing will bother me even if a fly lands on my nose that that's a meditation for monks that live in a monastery their entire lives and they've been practicing that kind of meditation that kind of stillness you know seven ten hours a day for years um i'm talking about meditation for us everyday folks right meditation is about creating awareness first and foremost Awareness around what? About anything. It could be just be like, oh, I'm breathing. That's cool. You know, if I'm not breathing, I'm dead. So I'm glad that I'm breathing and I'm grateful for that. Meditation can be around, all right, let me pay attention to my thoughts, but not really get roped into them. Let me just see what kind of stories I tell myself. You know, am I, am I saying to myself, I'm not good enough over and over again in my head? Is that why I don't feel good enough? 
Am I saying to myself, oh, I don't deserve that raise or I don't deserve that bonus check or I'm not worthy of, you know, these gifts that you're giving me? Are those the stories you're telling yourself? You know, meditation is useful in not only just having us take a pause from the frenetic pace of our life, but it also invites us to stop and take inventory to say, hey, let me check in with myself. Because I check in with my friends, right? I check in with my loved ones. Hey, how are you guys doing? You guys doing all right? You guys still healthy? You eating enough? You know, especially other elders, you know, you check on our elders, you guys have enough food? You guys good? You know, do you need to go to the pharmacy? Do I need to pick up anything from you guys have enough masks? You know, we check on our loved ones. Do we take the time to check in on ourselves? My guess is probably not. My guess is that you're putting yourself second. And that really is not of service to others. It sounds backwards. It's like, what do you mean? Like, I want to serve others. I want to help people. I'm kind and I like thinking of others and, you know, and I'm, I'm putting them before me because that's the selfless thing to do. It's selfish to put myself first, right? These are the stories that we tell ourselves. And where are these stories coming from? And are they true? You know, I mean, the story of I put myself first is selfish can be a lie. It depends on what that means for you. If you put yourself first, where you take the biggest slice of pie before anyone else can get to the dessert table at Thanksgiving, then yeah, that is selfish. But if you're putting yourself first by maybe sleeping eight hours a day, even if that means you get up after your kids who are old enough to take care of themselves because you need that rest and you're putting yourself first before them. Is that selfish? No, because you are going to be a well-rested mother who is more fully present for their kids when they actually do need you. You know, my kids are in middle school and high school. They don't need me to brush their teeth for them. They don't need me to dress them. They can do that. And if I need that little bit of extra time to rest and to sleep so that I can be my best self, then okay, I will do that. Of course, you know, in real life, that's not me. <laughs> just just for the record, just so we're clear, that's not me. I, I am a, an early bird and I love getting up before everyone does because my meditation practice is so, as the kids like to say, so fire <laughs> in the pre-dawn hours. Um, so that's my special time. That's me taking care of me first. And so if you take care of yourself first in that way, where you, it's really care, you know, you're being kind to yourself as if you were acting towards your closest friend, your dearest loved one. Is that selfish? No, it's not. It is just making you that much more, I guess, vibrant, that much more powerful 
to serve those who you love even better. You know, can you imagine? I I love using the airplane metaphor because everybody knows it. And I know it's overused, but it's, it's a good one. I mean, I can't, I can't lie. It's a good one. You know, imagine you're on a plane and the oxygen masks drop from the, from the ceiling, right? And you're like, oh no, we're in an emergency. And you're with like your dearest grandma and she can't quite reach the oxygen mask. Now the instructions are put your own mask on first before assisting others, right? Now the tendency is, oh my God, grandma needs her mask. Let me put it on her first, right? Let's say you do that before you put your own mask on. And for whatever reason, the oxygen just like flies out of the cabin. That's it. No more oxygen. Anyone who doesn't have a mask on, you're passed out cold on the floor. Now grandma has her mask on. Great. Grandma's also a little slow, a little fragile. She's she's much older in life. But you who do not have a mask, you're passed out cold on the floor. Now, how are you going to help her off the plane when you're passed out? Right? Right? You see what I'm saying? So it's really important for you to care for yourself and to say to yourself, I am worthy of care. I am worthy of love. I am worthy, period. Why are you worthy? Because you exist. And that is enough. And that's all that matters. I'm telling you, trust me on this. So meditation, so important for you to be able to check in with yourself so that when you do check in with yourself, you can see the sticky spots. You can see the resistances. You can see the negative stories you tell yourself. You can see like the frustrations. And once you can see those things and with practice, because you're not always going to see them or you might see them and you'll be like, oh yeah, okay. And But with practice, with consistent practice of meditation, of just checking in, then you'll be able to release those things. You'll be able to let them go and invite more supportive thoughts, more light, more love, more joy into your life. And isn't that what we all want? So it's important and I know some folks might be listening and thinking like meditation so woo woo like who has time for that no one has time for that if you don't have time for it now what is your life going to look like let's say five years from now it might look the same it might look like you in the same job still miserable frustrated by everybody resenting other people frustrated by other people's inability to like hear what you're saying, you know, because you're trying to help them, but they don't want to, they don't want your help. They don't hear you, you know, you trying to change people, but no one wants to be changed. You can't change people. You can only change yourself. And so how much are you willing to evolve and grow and really thrive? Meditation is a good place to start. So I invite you to sign up for my class. 
because it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about it. I'm so excited. And it's not your mother's meditation. I'm going to tell you now. It's not this like we're going to sit down and be quiet. There's going to be some chanting in there too. It's so cool. So cool. Um, so yeah, so go sign up on my website. And if you don't know where that is, it's suryagian.com. S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N dot com. And if you want to know what suryagian means, it just means one whose light, oh, sorry, one whose wisdom shines as brilliantly as the sun. Surya means sun, gyan means wisdom, and there you have it. Um, and that's my spiritual name in case anyone didn't know. Something that was uh, given to me by my teachers through a method of numerology that is just so beyond me. So I trust it. And um, they say in the Kundalini Yoga tradition, your spiritual name is naming the thing that you already are. So it's about remembering that. This name is a reminder of who you are. And I love that. So yeah, so go sign up on my website for this free 40-day um, class, meditation class, because it's going to be awesome. Um, and it's, don't worry about the commitment. Like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a practice. It's 11 minutes and you get to practice it during what best works for your schedule. But, you know, all the details are on my website. Go check it out there, okay? And if that feels like too much of a commitment for you, just maybe start with three minutes of breathing. You know, what's three minutes? Just set your timer on your phone, three minutes, close your eyes, get comfortable, and breathe. Focus on your breath. Just ignore the thoughts. You know, thoughts are just clouds in the sky of your mind. You can notice them, but just let them pass through and come back to the breath. Come back to the sensations of the body. Feel that cool air coming in through the nose, filling the body, and then having that air get transmuted by the lungs and when you exhale you'll feel the warm air come out if you do that for three minutes for the next 40 days let me know how that goes let me know if anything shifts for you anything changes but what i really want you to do is sign up for my 40-day class because it's just going to be out of this world totally and what better way to end this year i mean seriously just do it okay <laughs> I'm just excited. All right, so we're going to close the episode with um, a poem by one of my favorite poets. I'm surprised I hadn't read any of his work um, until today. And it's uh, Pablo Neruda. I love him. And this is the book called Odes to Common Things. Love, 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 love this. So the poem, oh, this is great. Okay, so the poem that I just randomly opened to is called Ode to a Bar of Soap. Ode to a Bar of Soap. When I pick up a bar of soap to, to take a closer look, its powerful aroma astounds me. Oh, fragrance, I don't know where you come from. What is your hometown? Did my cousin send you or did you come from clean clothes and the hands that washed them splotchy from the cold basin? Did you come from those lilacs I remember so well, from the am amaranth's blossom, from green plums clinging to a branch? Have you come from the playing field and a quick swim beneath the trembling willows? 
Is yours the aroma of thickets or of young love or birthday cakes? Or is yours the smell of a dampened heart? What is it that you bring to my nose so early every day? Bar of soap before I climb into my morning bath and go into the streets among men weighed down with goods. What is the smell of people, a faint smell of petticoat flowers, the honey of woodland girls? Or is it the old, half-forgotten air of a five and ten, the heavy white fabric a peasant holds in his hands, rich thickness of molasses, or the red carnation that lay on my aunt's sideboard like a lightning bolt of red, like a red arrow? Do I detect your pungent odor in cut-rate dry goods and unforgettable cologne, in barber shops and the clean countryside? in sweet water. This is what you are, soap. You are pure delight, the passing fragrance that slithers and sinks like a blind fish to the bottom of the bathtub. Mm. I love that. I love how he can find so much beauty in even the ordinary things. And so as you venture off into your day, See if you can also find beauty in the most ordinary of things. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. Because we all need a little magic in our lives, especially now as the holiday season comes upon us during a year that has tried and tested us I'm offering a free 40-day meditation class called Amp Up Your Joy that will help us end 2020 on a high note. Yes, it is possible. Normally, these classes come with a tuition cost, but this one is free because I'm being called to help as many people as I can to rise above the wild shifts on the planet and step into joy. Won't you join me? Class starts Sunday, November 22nd with a live call to kick things off. Get more details and register today at suryakian.com slash amp up your joy because your joyous life starts now.